This is Rachel Balducci, and you're listening to Spill the Tea, a podcast of the Department of Communication at Augusta University. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Spill the Tea. I'm Schneider. I'm Ryan. And I'm Peyton. And today we're going to be talking about Ronaldo Rivera, um, who is a serial killer in the Augusta neighborhood. Oh. Well, he was, so. <laughs> he no, is no not currently at large. Yeah, thank God. So, his <laughs> R- Ronaldo Rivera's early life. He was born in Madrid, Spain, and then when he was seven, year- seven years old, he and his family moved to Puerto Rico, um, where he lived for the rest of his childhood. And then when he was 19, he joined the U.S. Navy. Um, after he served his term in the Navy, he uh, attended the University of South Carolina to get a degree in office administration, and then he settled down in North Augusta, uh, married to his wife with two children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so the victims w- that he actually killed were three women. It was Melissa Dingus, who is 17 years old from Granitesville, <laughs> South Carolina. Um, there was Sergeant Marnie Glista, who was um, stationed over at Fort Gordon. She was also 21. And then there was Tiffany Wilson, who was from South Carolina as well. Wow. But yeah, and then there was at first an unidentified 18-year-old who we now know is Chrisley Barton, and she wasn't killed, but she was raped, and he tried to stab her with a steak knife. Yeah, another uh, fact about one of his other victims, uh, Tiffany Sharice Wilson. Uh, She lived in Jackson, South Carolina, and she was 17 years old at the time of the attack and subsequent murder. Um, She had a two-month-old daughter in the back of her car, and he, when her body was found, there was evidence of rape, and uh, the child was still in the carrier in the back of the car left to die without a mother so that kind of kind of puts into perspective the type of guy that that we're dealing with here was the child alive or was the child dead the child did not survive oh my god that's that's terrible it's terrible yeah all right so some facts about like who he would go for and how he would approach these women um He would always go up to his targets, which were, um, like, younger women, like 17 to 19. Um, And most of them were actually blonde. And he would approach them saying that he was going to be opening up a modeling industry. Um, And for some reason, he would, like, start talking about their sex lives, which was usually a turnaway for women. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, that's kind of creepy. But at least 30 (laughs) women have called and said that they were approached. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he tried to get a lot more if, like, three is all Mm -hmm. he's, like, been charged with. But there could have been a lot more, actually. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit um, in a specific instance, the one of Chrisley Barton, the one who survived. Yeah. Um, she was approached in the parking lot of a huddle house where she went to go pick up another a part-time job. And he claimed to be the owner of one of the properties on the lot. 
And then that's how he kind of like built that rapport with her. It's kind of how he got that in. And then he kind of, to my understanding, threw in on top. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm also, you know, starting this modeling agency and Mm -hmm. you're just so beautiful. And that would be kind of how um, he earned their trust or at least their sympathy in some ways. So picking back off off of that, so it was October tenth, two thousand. He like lured her back to his apartment to take pictures of her, where he like as you mentioned, he raped her, and then Isn't he. Isn't that the same thing Dahmer did? I think so. Yeah, what is roughly. Yeah, all she goes do that. There's weird people, weird yeah. guys. Yeah, I'll, for a lot of them too, the killing itself is also like a sexual thing. Yeah. So for the trends, for it to be a lot of sexual assault, yeah. sexual acts, it's yeah. it's very common among serial. Very killers. demented people. Yeah. On whether dead, but yeah, yeah. So he like, like you said, he raped her, and then he tried to stab her three times with with a steak knife. Mm-hmm. But she survived, and she actually got away, and she was able to like get help. And the investigators were able to track him down in a South Carolina motel, I think in Graniteville. Mm-hmm. And he tried to actually kill himself, but he was stopped by the preventing officers. And then he was like taken to Medical College of Georgia, and he was kept under suicide watch in an isolated cell. Yeah, that when I read that when I was looking into that kind of really stood out as interesting to me that he would this was his response he mm-hmm. he was you know confronted with taking responsibility for his own actions and he decided that he, he it was too much for out. him yeah. it was too much for him he couldn't do it so again like the psyche of serial killers it's very interesting to know that they can be so committed to these horrendous acts but the second it kind of flips around on them they they lose it they have yeah. no yeah. idea it's almost like a narcissist. Like, they take the victim mindset of, oh, why is all this happening to me? Like, I, I just feel like they tend to not take any kind of responsibility for their actions. Because didn't he, like, plea innocent for a while? Um, when I, he I believe court? Yeah, I so. so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not sure if he represented himself in court. Did he have a lawyer? Because I heard. I know, he somewhere. has, like, a quote. Like, I have it. He was, like, at the, um, so he was charged with the murders of Wilson and Basil and um, the other one, what was her name again? Um, the Gusta, yeah, Gusta. And yeah. he was charged with the attempted murder of um, Barton, but he was only convicted for Gusta's murder and the assault on Barton. And at the end of his trial, um, he was quoted as saying to the jurors that he was mentally ill and that doctors should study his ailment to find a cure. In addition, he said that he still fantasized about killing his victims and warning that he would kill again if he was let out, so he asked for the death penalty. So, yeah, I guess he, you know. I think it's crazy, though, that he got, like, a death sentence, but he's yeah. still in, on death row. Like, yeah. it's been, I don't know, 20-ish years yeah. Yeah. So, like, with of that, being on death row. Yeah, so death sentence prisoners in the U.S. usually spend more than a decade, if not longer, waiting for execution. Damn. Which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, in some cases, that could be an okay thing. Not in this case, obviously, because he's, like, admitted to it. Mm -hmm. But lots of, like, murders later down, um, like, they reopen the case and they Mm -hmm. reevaluate and they find out that it actually wasn't this person. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of like a win-lose. But if if you are innocent being tried for something um, that puts you on death row, you have that time to, you know, try and fight it. But... You know, in his case, he's just waiting for the inevitable. He's like 60 years old now because he was 37 when all of this went down and he was raping and murdering teenagers. How much the world has changed since then, too, which is like a lot to think about, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's just sad. Um, Was there anything else y'all really wanted to talk about on the trial? 
I didn't have anything else, did you? Um, well, I'm not sure if I already went over, like, all the charges. Um, no, I don't think you did. The okay, so there were 14 charges from Judge Albert M. Pickett, and these included rape, aggravated assault, and aggravated sodomy. Um, and then, yeah, after that, he was sentenced to death after a little while in the trial. Wow. And then I she do have a letter have, from like the family or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to pull that up real nice, quick. Nice. But so this is from the Tammy Rivera family. Um, and this is um, the. I'm assuming the mother. I couldn't find out who she was just from research, so right. I'm assuming either the mother or like sister, Mary's wife, or something too. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Been, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it says, we want to express our deepest sympathy for all the victims and their families. We have been praying and continue to pray for the families and all that are involved. God is the only one that is going to get us through this. I, oh, sorry. In reading about the families, I pray to God that the person committing these horrible, horrible acts would be apprehended, not knowing it was my own husband. Oh, so it was his wife. It was yeah. the wife. Wow. Um, (laughs) we believe God did not allow him to die in the motel room for at least two reasons. One, so that the unsolved cases could be solved. And so, sorry, um, I lost my place. And two, that total justice can be served. We could never adequately express our own grief and that tremendous sorrow we feel in our hearts toward you that you have gone through the loss of a precious loved one. My life is shattered and I just ask that the community have compassion, not so much for me, but for my two small children who are, who are victims also. We have asked God over and over, why, how could you have let this happen? We just, we just don't have the answers and probably never will. Our family, church, close friends, and even people from our community that we have never met have been so comforting. Um, But above all, God has been. We have been cooperating fully with law enforcement and will continue to do so. The families, again, our deepest sympathy. Wow. Mm -hmm. That sucks so much. That's terrible. I I can't imagine from her perspective finding these things out about like your most cherished, trusted loved one. That's absolutely heartbreaking. And also to think about his children, too. Crazy to think that he was a husband and a father of two children and in his nightlife would go around attacking 17-year-olds. Yeah. It it just makes you wonder like, how... what would he have done to his, his own kids, you know? Exactly. What what could have happened there? Yeah. That's, really like, scary. one of the more scary things I think about serial killers is, like, they come across so normal. The families never have any idea mm-hmm. until it happens. I mean, like, some of them, like... Not to bring up Dahmer again, but mm-hmm. that documentary was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, like his dad had an idea of it. Like his family saw the signs, mm-hmm. but like with a killer like Rivera, like it's just I can't imagine how earth shattering that must have been right. for his whole community. Yeah, it's crazy. And like yeah. speaking of like how you talked about like the unsolved cases, there's actually like 50 unsolved homicides in Augusta, some of which span back to like the 1970s. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like most of them are like cold cases. I think like ten of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 
I also forgot to mention that there are about 15 cases that he's currently like a suspect in that he could have, I think it was like strangled, raped, and uh, murdered women Mm -hmm. that could have been him that they don't have any ties to. So, Mm. yeah. I think that wraps wraps it up. Thanks for listening. Okay, yeah. Thanks for listening. This was Spill the Tea. (laughs) And we spilled the tea. Hell yeah.